This episode, we discuss birth trauma and birth injury, which may be triggering for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Bitching and Bolusing podcast with Courtney and Brittany. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Bitching and Bolusing podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Courtney. And we're just two moms going about living our lives, and we happen to be raising children with disabilities. Courtney and I, we each have two kids, and our oldest children, they are both disabled. They are, and uh, we started this podcast just to kind of quite literally bitch and bolus. <laughs> um, and full disclaimer right at the beginning, uh, clearly in the name of our podcast, you can tell we do cuss a lot. A lot. So if you are easily offended, don't listen. <laughs> Just turn us off now because as much as I can try to curb it, I can't curb it. So, Air muffs um, for the little yeah. ones. <laughs> um, this is uh, definitely an adult cussing podcast. Um, but let's jump right in here. We're just going to start uh, with some intros. Uh, some of you may know us from social media, particularly Instagram, where we're probably most active. And uh, we just want to pop on this first episode uh, with everybody just to give some insight into who we are, why we're doing this, and what we actually are doing <laughs> with this podcast. So I'll go ahead and start. Again, my name is Courtney. I am uh, a mama of two. I just turned the big four zero. Not super excited about that part, but it's true. It's 40 happened. Is the new 20. <laughs> it's the new that's 20. That's what they that's yeah. what they say, but I can guarantee my body disagrees <laughs> like 100%. Um <laughs> so I am a mama of two. I am married to uh, my best friend and uh we have our oldest is Lino. He is four. And our youngest is Luca. He is one and a half. Lino was born with a brain injury. So he is disabled. Just some backstory on that. I had a wonderful, beautiful pregnancy with Lino. It was picture perfect in the sense of what you'd expect from a pregnancy. But we had a really, really complicated labor and delivery that uh, resulted in him being born not breathing. Interestingly enough, I, I honestly wasn't in labor very long, probably only uh, about six hours or so before he came out naturally. And he was rushed away immediately over to NICU. Um, he spent uh, 14 days exactly in NICU. He did something called a cooling therapy or hypothermic therapy, uh, which is used to treat a specific brain injury called hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, um, which happens to also be the same brain injury that Brittany's eldest, Cyrus, um, uh, had as well, which is how we know each other. We met through social media just kind of that 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 mutual um, experience of our children having the same brain injury when they were born. Lino is disabled as a result of his brain injury. We say disabled, guys. I'm gonna. Say, we use this word. <laughs> we use the word disabled. We do. Uh, we do not use. Yeah, we don't say special needs here. No euphemisms. Yes, no euphemisms. <laughs> we we will uh, try our best to be kind <laughs> to those who use special needs terms. Um, we're not. Tr- we're not trying to hate on anybody. We're we're truly not. But we love you guys. Uh, we hate the term. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we we definitely we definitely have a bone to pick with the special needs term, but uh, Lino is disabled. It does not define him. He is one hell of a, a kid, man. He's smart. He is funny. He is spicy. So spicy. The spiciest of spices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is just. Uh, He's just a really awesome kiddo who just happens to have uh, some physical disabilities and some other medical needs. He He's now four, so about two years ago almost, we had our other little uh, nut job, uh, and that is Luca. <laughs> also spicy. <laughs> For Luke, also very spicy. <laughs> he's like the ghost pepper to, like, Lino's jalapeno. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I did go with an elected C-section, actually, with Luca, more for uh, my own mental sanity than, than, like, a medical reason. And Luca did come into this world very untraumatically. The comparison between the two births was uh, is really drastic, I would say. But, you know, uh, he's here, and he is by far the, the best addition to our family is what all of our hearts needed. And, you know, here we are now, uh, Brittany and I just kind of taking our very similar experiences and bringing them to you guys. Yeah, very similar. It's actually pretty creepy sometimes how similar (laughs) our lives are. Yes, very parallel, even down to like the the days that we're having (laughs) I think what was it yesterday I texted you and I was like, are you the only one living in like this crazy life of not sleeping for the last two days? And you're like, yep, nope, we are going on two nights now of not sleeping. So yes. yeah, it's it's like down to the days of how parallel our lives are. It's It's crazy. So a little bit about my backstory, also very similar to Courtney's. Cyrus was born full term, so he was 39 weeks, four days. I went into labor naturally at home. I labored at home for as long as I possibly could. Went to the hospital. I was nine uh, centimeters dilated. And they were like, okay, time to get baby out. Let's push. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was pushing for about maybe three hours. Um, And then he was born and... um, Unfortunately, he was born blue and um, he was taken away immediately. He was intubated immediately. And it just so happened that for about an hour before delivery, he was almost completely without oxygen. And he ended up getting transferred to the NICU. And I, about six hours later, I was transferred to the hospital that the NICU's in. I delivered at a hospital that didn't have a NICU because I didn't think we would need one. Yeah, I bought into the very toxic, I don't know, belief that like your body knows what to do and like you're made for having babies. Like women have been doing it forever and like just this whole toxic mindset around like if I advocate for myself and if I have a doula and if I like, you know, am in a a place that like supports my birth plan and like if I'm full term, then everything will be fine. And it wasn't. And there's, it needs to be said that just because you have a healthy pregnancy does not guarantee you will have a healthy baby. And we, Cyrus ended up staying in the NICU for 11 days, um, which is such a small amount of time 
but it felt like forever. I mean, I can think back on it now and think about those 11 days and how every single hour just felt like months. I, I, I literally sit back and think about that and I was like, we're, we were in the NICU forever. I was like, no, it was 11 days. And same thing, he went under cooling therapy um, and he was actually on cooling therapy a little bit longer than most kids because he didn't start until hour 20. So he was right at like that 24 hour mark to start therapy. So because of that, they ended up putting him on for an extra day of cooling. And as a result, he's disabled from it. Um, he is same as Lino, very spicy. <laughs> Um, very, very sassy. Very spicy. Um, oh my god. Very spicy. I really don't know how much, how the amount of sass can fit into that little tiny body. <laughs> god, he is so, and it's so funny because first, a kid who I, I say he's non-speaking. I don't say he's non-verbal because he's very verbal. Um, but for a kid who is non-speaking, I have never met another child as like sassy as Cyrus, who just has, like, just does not hold back to letting you know exactly what's mm -mm. going on, exactly what he thinks of you. Like, he does not need words <laughs> for you to know, like, no thank you. <laughs> so, anyways, that's our, that's my birth story with Cyrus. I mean, that's, like, a synopsis of our birth story. It's, I could go on forever with it. Um, and so Cyrus is four now. He turned four in February. Um, spicy little four-year-old. He's in school. Um, and then we had Alden. And Alden just turned a year old, which is crazy. It flew by. So Alden is not disabled. And so I am the mother in an interabled family. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> It's a wild ride. It's it's a wild ride. It's so fun and so beautiful and so scary and um, there's so much uncertainty at times and at the, the same time, like, there's just I, – I don't know that I would change it for anything. I mean, there's a lot of things I would change. Like, I, would, I wouldn't change Cyrus's disability – but like, you know, like I would change like society and acceptance and, you know, uh, and all that and, you know, but yeah, I mean, just our little family is just so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I always, um, I always talk about it and like, I, I find the situation where we're in, where, you know, you're interabled, uh, there's, there's this element of like what I call magic. It's like magical, the, these moments of like. I don't know. They're almost like enlightenment. You see these, you see moments differently and the way our children interact with each other and the way they interact with the world and, and how we function as a family unit. It's, there are such beautiful moments in it, but it, there really is the really heavy contrast of really hard moments, you know, a lot of struggle. There's a lot of challenges. I mean, there's no denying that. Yeah. So it, it's something that I too wouldn't change my family dynamic at all. There's there's a lot that I wish didn't happen in, in terms of, of Lino's injury. Of course, I, I, if there's anything I had power over, it would be to reverse that, you know, like yeah. nobody wants that. Yeah. Um, but when you're, you're on this journey and you hit this, this, you hit a point of acceptance, or at least the goal is to hit acceptance, right? Because I don't want to say that everybody hits hits that point, 
because that's I think that's unrealistic. But right. um, that's certainly everybody's goal in in their situation. If you're you're in a similar situation, is you know, and you have a disabled child, you you want to get to the point of acceptance in your own in your own journey. You have to actively work on it, and you have yeah. to make that decision for yourself. But when you do it, there's something beautiful that happens yeah you still struggle I am in no way saying Brittany and I are like struggle free (laughs) hey life is honky dory and every you know it like fuck no that's that's not what I'm saying but there there is something about this this growth that um there really is something beautiful about it. Like we, yeah. you know, you really start to embrace things and you start to live life again. Um, and yes, it looks very different. And yes, there's still a lot of challenges and and life is still really, really freaking hard. But um, it is, it is magical. I call it magical and I'm going to stick to that. It's, it's magical. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I 100% agree. I would say it filters everything like Mm -hmm. living this life has filtered everything for me to where like my priorities are like nowhere near what they would be had I not you know entered into this life of you know having a child with disability and I am able to like as stressful as it can be at times I feel like I I'm such a different person in terms of like the things I used to stress about, they don't bother me. And I almost feel like I'm like more of a carefree person, even though I have a lot more to be worried about. It's so crazy. That's so true. Like I kind of <laughs> know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Like it's like <laughs> No, it's it's like this weird thing. Like you can't really fully explain it, but you actually are more carefree despite having a shit ton more to care about. Yeah, and, and like and not just like a shit ton more to care about, but like the pressure of all that more that you're caring about, right? Cuz it's like it's literally sometimes like life is on the line and that's what you yes. have to care about. And I think that when you're being faced with that, suddenly like you know, silly things like a sink full of dishes doesn't seem like a big deal. Yeah. I'm I always say that like I'm not the same person I was the day before Lena was born no. versus the day after Mm-mm. Lena was born. And that's, that's such a wild – it's such a wild point in time to be able to actually decipher that and say if within like 24 hours I was a completely different person. But yeah. it's really true. Like it, it, that level of trauma – is so hard to identify with if you haven't experienced it yourself. Unfortunately, there's just really no way to make somebody understand yeah. what what that really does to somebody. But it also does this thing where it puts yeah. the things in this life and in this world that matter into perspective. And yes, it brutally it puts them into perspective. Yeah. And, and it's a shock to have those things put into perspective in that fashion. But there is, and I'm not a silver lining person, but there is a silver lining to it because it does actually, it it helps you really get rid of the bullshit out of your life because there's just just no room for bullshit. Oh, yeah. The thing is, is that it is such a silver lining. I I totally understand disability is tough to deal with. Making medical decisions for your child is like sometimes feels impossible and like whether you're making the right decision. But I almost always like sit back and laugh and I kind of say like, I wish everybody had a Cyrus. (laughs) I know. Because, you know, like, I wish everybody had a Cyrus. He has made 
all of our lives. And it's not just like me, my husband, his brother, it, it, you know, grandparents, I mean, like literally like medical professionals, um, teachers. I cannot tell you how many people come up to me and be like, your child is literally like the greatest human being on this planet. <laughs> I'm like, but he is. And I, there's something. <laughs> and he, <laughs> and I agree. But there really is something like, he just has this way of just like kind of having people sit back and 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 be like oh wow life doesn't have to be as complicated as i make it which is ironic because there are a lot of aspects of life that are much more complicated because of disability and accessibility and all that but he just has this way of everybody for everybody of just being like it's a beautiful life and so I do always sit back and I always say like I wish everybody had a sight like I wish everybody could have like just a week even of just being like wow like there are so many things I've stressed out about that I don't have to stress out about (laughs) 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 um maybe everyone's life would be a little less stressful but more stressful in different ways I don't know (laughs) I know right (laughs) But I do think that there's a lot to be said, like, with becoming a different person. I mean, that's something that Courtney and I are going to touch on in future episodes where, you know, we'll probably get more into our birth trauma and all that. But yeah, I mean, you are definitely a different person and I am definitely a different person. And it's like, I always say the old Brittany died in that labor and delivery room. And I am a better person and in some ways, I'm a worse person. <laughs> yeah, there's um, always a dichotomy. <laughs> there is, yeah. But I do say, like, I love the version of Britney now better than any previous Britney version. <laughs> I love this Britney version. I do, too. <laughs> Thank you. And I love this Courtney version. <laughs> I know. it. I don't love the idea or obviously – not even just love the idea, but I don't like anybody liking the idea that a disabled child is teaching a lesson. Like our children right. taught taught us to be better, right? The, and that's not even what we're trying to say. It's actually the trauma that taught us to be better. Yeah, I honestly it's the trauma. feel like yes. is it's the traumatic event. It's the upheaval of your own world that actually yeah. teaches you to be a better person. Um, I think the yes. problem with society or you know inspirational porn all these sort of terms that get thrown around when when disabled children are are used um in this fashion is that people do mistakenly put it on the child mm-hmm. you know and it's like oh yeah. well, you know my my child taught me to be a better person i'm going to like 100% in agreement with you because i think it's also it's the drama like you said it it's not cyrus's disability that taught me any sort of lesson it's literally the fact that I was so close to losing Cyrus Mm -hmm. I mean we were like we were minutes away I mean he came out blue we were literally minutes away of losing him and it put everything into so much perspective I'm just so thankful that he's here and it's like I'm so thankful for like his existence and I'm so thankful for his brother's existence and I know that you and I have talked about this before where it's like everybody says when they're pregnant like oh at least the baby's healthy and it's like that's not it that's not I mean if you want to feel like that's it 
okay, but that's not it. It's at least the baby's alive. Your baby yeah. can be born disabled, whether you know about it before the delivery, whether you, it happens at the delivery. I mean, thank goodness the baby's alive. That's what it is. It's not a healthy baby. It's a living baby. And yeah. that really, for me, going through that trauma of realizing how close we were to losing his existence, just that's what did it to me. You know, I think toxic baby culture, which will definitely be another topic, which if you guys haven't really caught on yet, we're kind of dabbling a little bit in all the topics we'll eventually get into in full episodes. But that toxic baby culture of not really fully educating women and mothers, parents in general about what could potentially go wrong and and it is exactly that it's just toxic you know and it sets us up for failure and and on so many levels again because it doesn't it doesn't have to be a situation where it's just an event that happens uh at birth it could be you know before you know in utero it could be after you know there's there there's just not enough talk Mm -hmm. about real life I'm sorry, but it's just, it's not, it's not talked about enough. It's not, disability is not talked about enough and, and how that, that may play into your life on any level, but particularly from what we're trying to talk about as a parent, that is not talked about enough at all. I remember every, you know, visit them just being like, everything's great looks great you're gonna do so well during labor like you're gonna do great like you know just go into labor naturally don't use pitocin try not to have an epidural like you know just do breathe through your contractions and do this and you're gonna do great everything's gonna be fine you're healthy baby's healthy I mean I even remember being told afterwards that I would have been the perfect home birth candidate because of how well everything went and so when I was at every single visit hearing like you're gonna do great you're gonna do great everything's going to be fine. When everything wasn't fine, I pinned that onto me. Mm-hmm. And I sat back and I said, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to do great. And now my baby's really, really sick. And not even hearing the reality that babies full term can be born sick, because I always just thought the NICU was for preemies. That's all you ever hear about. I ended up spiraling into such a deep depression and I had so much PTSD and I just I felt like I failed and it's because nobody sits back and we'll do it but nobody sits back and nobody says just because you have a healthy pregnancy does not guarantee you're gonna have a healthy baby but we will do everything that we can possibly try to do to make sure that your baby's born healthy and if somebody just said to me like anything can go wrong so expect it but let's hope for the best I would not have put all of that blame on myself I mean it was at least three months before I sought out a therapist where I was just riddled with guilt of feeling like my body failed me the decisions I made failed me (laughs) like failed my baby yeah it was constant like did I almost kill my baby like if I just had the reality and maybe it's a tough pill for people to swallow but if you're a pregnant woman and you just hear like hey things might not be great then you're gonna go in that NICU and you're not gonna feel as shocked honestly I still have a really tumultuous relationship with my body from 
from Lino's birth. Even the the two of us choosing to have elective C-sections for our second born shows a lot. We don't actually have any medical reason to do that. <laughs> we no. that that was all to literally try to stabilize our mental health. That was yes. like, hey, what can I do to minimize the risk of taking a bigger hit than I can handle right now? Like that was yeah. that was literally at least for, you know, I'm sure you probably agree, but that from my perspective, it was like, what can I do to have the, even, even if it's the smallest amount of control, what can I do Mm. to regain some sense of control? Because that was ripped right from me. That was ripped from me. And, and it really did feel, you know, that it was my body, my choices. It was me who did this. And, and this is, this is something that the toxic baby culture, it really, it silences people. You know, it almost does the reverse. You would think, well, maybe sometimes if you, you speak too much of, of what could go wrong, you could put fear into somebody. But I feel like by not doing that, you're actually doing the opposite. You're putting more fear because they make it sound like all you have to do is just bake a baby in there and then yeah. it just pops the and F push. out. And <laughs> I wish that was the fucking truth. But that is yeah. not the truth. And even if it's just yeah. as simple as like, and we definitely will dive deep in an episode, but even if it's just as simple as being like, hey, like these are the things we do, why we do them. We monitor with this monitor. We're going to do this to to check the fetal heart rate. Why are we checking the fetal? Like there's just, there's there's a whole lack of like education from a medical perspective especially and particularly just for anybody outside of the U.S. we are definitely talking about the U.S. specifically Uh, I'm sure this carries over to other countries I'm sure we're not the only ones but from a United States healthcare perspective there's just a they drop the ball like 100% when it comes to actually fully supporting um, pregnant women and through that journey from beginning to very very end (laughs) It, it's sad that we had to be as traumatized as we were when we were going to be traumatized no matter what. I think yeah. the system failed us and then, you know, yeah. mom guilt, right? We throw that right back on us. It's, it just becomes, well, it was me. You know, it was me who, who, who played a role. And it's all the, it's the isolation of it all too. And I mean, it's it's yeah. not even just the isolation of being in the NICU, right? I mean, like, I know we've talked about this before where it's like you walk by the other NICU rooms and like all the babies are so tiny because there's, you know, preemies. And, and like, I know I mentioned to you, like the nurses were coming into our room and they're like, oh God, such a big baby. That's a big baby. And it's, it just, it felt like okay so why are we here (laughs) why are we here then and so there's that isolation and then it's also like the approach of medical professionals when cyrus had an mri um close to to um after he you know like towards the end of the NICU stay he had an mri and that's when we found out about the brain damage and stuff like that and when it was told to us it was like oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, your baby may never walk. They may- And it was such, like, an end-all feeling mm-hmm. that I was like, oh my god. Where, like, if somebody just, 
approached me and was like, your baby may not walk, but that's okay. He's going to have a wheelchair and he's going to be amazing. And like, he's going to make you laugh every single day. I'm like, he may not talk, but guess what? We have technology now. And like, you can find a way. And even if there isn't technology for him, like you're going to understand your child. Trust me. Like your child will just yeah. look at you and you'll know what your child wants. Like if somebody approached me in a way that it wasn't so like doom and gloom, then I think I would have been better, better off too. Because let me tell you what, like, it feels like doom and gloom when you get certain, you know, diagnosis of your child. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like, I, I'm telling you right now, like, Cyrus no, is disabled. Yeah. But, like, he is, like, the absolute, like, well, mean, him and his brother are, like, the light of my life. You know, it, 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 it's, like, Cyrus and then the disability is just, like, well, yeah, it's there. <laughs> you know? And it just, it's such a small aspect it is. And and I think what we're really talking about even more than just that is that it is a cultural societal issue, right? Because the only way mm-hmm. you're really ever going to get a provider to talk to you in the way that you and I really would would have loved to be spoken to about disability, uh-huh. about the prognosis of our children, even prior to their birth. If anybody had talked to me about like, hey, disability is just disability, like there, there are things out there that... That, that level of provider that we're looking for, that's not going to happen until society, this is, this is acceptance, right? This is, this is inclusion. This is, this is representation. This is, this is the world starting to realize like, hey, there is a huge chunk of the world's population that is disabled. There is a way. <laughs> there is hope, right? And it's this, I think it's this lack of hope. Yeah. And it's such a small, like, I'm constantly amazed by how much you you guys and your family does. Like you guys just went to Italy. <laughs> and it's like like could you imagine if you were faced with the diagnosis and like instead of somebody being like, "Oh my god, your kid may never walk." They were like, "You're going to take your kid. You're going to go to Italy. You're going to have this beautiful trip and like it's going to be amazing and like you're going to do these things with your kids and like travel and I mean, yeah, like your whole perspective But that's the thing, like, when you first hear a diagnosis, and it doesn't matter if it's a brain injury at birth, if it's something later on in their lives, but when you hear your child's diagnosis, it is so hard not to feel like you are now trapped in some sort of really fucked up hole. Yeah. Like, you're just like, shit, how am I crawling out of this? Like, the thing is, is that's, again, it's cultural. There is this this problem when when you already, before you even have to experience the inaccessibility of the world, you're already feeling the inaccessibility of the world because you're like, well, how am I bringing my disabled child to do anything? Right? Because the majority Mm. of the world is just inaccessible. The whole paradigm needs to shift because the only way you're going to get medical professionals to talk to people the way we're talking about it and the way you and I want to actually be talked to in regards to it, Brittany, is, is, is if the whole world just stops this BS of like, <laughs> like this hiding it or tucking it away or, you know, like it's a deeper issue than it even seems. It is. You know, it's definitely, it's a deeper rooted issue than, than it seems on the surface because there's, there's so many aspects of it. And, and part of why we're, we're trying to do podcasts is to, 
talk about it. We want to talk about these things. We want to make you question things. We want to hopefully try to change some some of your perspectives. But we're also realistic and, and we understand we're not trying to change everybody and, and have everybody agree. Like there's going to be topics we discuss that you're not going to agree with. There's going to be topics that uh, offend you or things that we say that offend you. We're also not trying to be offensive. But part of what we're trying to do here is openly talk about these things and actually personally learn and hopefully teach and educate others. You know, the only way this works is if we talk about it. And social media is one of those ways to do it. But social media is a double-edged sword. You know, it's like you get a lot of good out of it. Brittany and I wouldn't even know each other. Um, we, we would not have connected. And we're talking about like after our, our child's injury, we were so isolated. Social media was that way for us to get out of isolation. We found support groups. We found other parents that are similar to us. You know, social media is also really dangerous and it, it, it can go, it can go south really quickly. And, it, you know, one of the, actually, it'll be, our next topic, our next episode, will be talking a lot about the privacy and autonomy of disabled children on social media, particularly. But, you know, we're the gatekeepers, you know, for our children right now. Like, social media is going to be there. We can't get rid of social media. That's not going to happen. It's unrealistic. Let's stop with the people who bring that up as argument. Well, just don't do social media. Social oh. media is a, now a part of our culture. Mm-hmm. It is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. How that looks and and how advocacy looks on it and and how disabled children are actually, you know, presented on it, all of that falls into our hands. It, it truly does. And we, we have to be better people um, and we have to be cautious and we have to be aware of what we're putting out there and and what we're exposing our children to, you know, yeah. where we, we have to remember that they are going to be adults one day. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it affects them. It affects our yeah. kid, right? And I think that... You know, I think that a big goal of this podcast, too, is to kind of help families navigate, particularly parents and caregivers, navigate, like, what your role is as a parent or a caregiver. I do think that there's, like, an entire uh, progression of being a parent to a disabled kid, right? I mean, like, there's, like, kind of, like, the stage of oversharing, you know, and, like, a lot of that, like... I feel like it's early on and then you try to, you know, get your people and then like, I just think it's really important for us as parents in every aspect, whether you have a disabled kid or you don't have a disabled kid, it is super important for us as parents to progress and to better ourselves and to kind of sit back and look at our mistakes because parents are not perfect. And no matter how much we try to do for our kids, no matter how good we try to be, like, we can always be better. Not to, like, you know, encourage that mom guilt. I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, sometimes it takes some self-reflecting, right? And sometimes, like, it it takes taking a step back and, and kind of sitting there and saying, like, am I doing certain things because I'm comfortable and we've survived this long? And how can I, instead of surviving, how can we all be thriving? And, like, it's really kind of crazy to say, 
But when I took a step back and I stopped oversharing and I stopped divulging like really personal bits of Cyrus's life, I became such a better advocate for him. (laughs) And like, I not only became a better advocate for him, but like I became what I would consider a better mother. And like internally, I just became happier with myself and more comfortable with myself and more comfortable in who I am as his mom. Um, And and it it took, it took a lot of stepping back and, and took a lot of self-reflecting and kind of like putting the pieces together of like, like what's my priorities. Um, And I mean, it's been a four year journey and I'm still on that journey and I'm, I'm nowhere close to like where I want to be. But I do think like, taking a step back not just even in the social media world but just like in real life right like talking to people and like all this like it's just helped me you know be a better person I want to also say like we're we're also not trying to attack anybody we're not trying to act like we're superior or that we, we're in some like headspace that is like beyond we're like so good mentally or like no like we we're we're on the same journey we did a lot of icky things we've had a lot of icky posts that were like hey what the hell why would I do that and you know maybe while you're listening to this you're like oh that's where I want to be or maybe you're like hey I'm in the same page as you or maybe you've even surpassed us or you know like there's there's so many different perspectives that we're hoping we'll be listening to this podcast because this journey is ever-changing even for us like we really are here to also better ourselves and better our relationships with disability, our relationships with our children, with our families, with our friends, like the whole thing. You're literally going to be on the ride with us. We're going to have different guests on. Um, We will have other parents on. Um, You know, I'm really hoping to get some like medical professionals on. We're going to have disabled adults out on um, to voice, you know, their side of things. Because at the end of the day, I think – it's really important for all caregivers, whether you are directly caregiving for somebody, like you have a child or a sibling or, or you know, what be it um, with disabilities, or like if you're a therapist or a doctor or anything like that, like it's so important to listen to disabled voices from adults. Yeah. And there, there's, on the caregiving side of it, <laughs> I don't feel like that's happening enough. <laughs> no, especially from a social media perspective, yeah. it, it's definitely lacking. Um, so but much. I also feel that in real life too. Yeah. Um, I think there's there's really a, a huge opportunity there. We sometimes get so bogged down by our child's disability that I really do think, at least personally, I know I've done this. I I do forget. I do forget sometimes that he is his own individual. Mm. He will be an adult and he will have his own life, right? I think sometimes we get so bogged down by the disability part that we're like, well, I'm going to be his caregiver for life, right? Yes. He's still, especially in in 
in listen, I get that there's different levels of disability, right? But in my personal experience, Lino has the cognition of a typical four-year-old. Yeah. He is cognitively aware of everything. And sometimes even I don't give him enough credit, you know? And I think these are all topics that we have to be able to own that sometimes. Mm-hmm. We, You know, you said it before, Brittany, like we're parents. We're going to make mistakes. There are no perfect parents out there. I'm sorry. Nobody gives you a freaking rule book. Nope. Like you literally, they're like, here's a child. Leave the hospital. Peace out. You Have know, fun. Like, and they even did that with a disabled child. <laughs> they were like, here's your child. He can drink 30 ml out of a bottle. You're good. Bye. <laughs> And I was like, what? What the am I fuck doing? am I supposed to do now? <laughs> you know, like there there really is no way to do this perfectly. And I think what's so important is we have to be able to recognize it. And we, we're not going to always recognize it in the moment. We might recognize it too late in some cases. We might have to backtrack. We might have to apologize. We might have to do a lot of things. But it's really important that, that we're able to do it on some yeah. level. Um, because yes, they're disabled, but that doesn't mean they're not a person. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't mean that they're not entitled to everything. Privacy, autonomy, respect. The whole thing. All of it. You know, and I think these are, these are the conversations we really need to talk about and we really need to take a a step back and look at from a different perspective because we, where we, we sometimes are trapped in, in this bubble. And it, and it does nobody good. Absolutely it, no one. It doesn't. And I, and I will say, like, there is a massive lack of support for parents and caregivers and all that. And, like, and I get it. I don't want to fault anyone for throwing it out there and getting support. Because, yeah. I mean, nobody, it's like you said, nobody tells you what to do. We left the NICU and they're like, there you go. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. I was barely yep. this kid's mom. Like, I was watching everybody else take care of my kid while I just sat back <laughs> and was like, what am I doing here? Like, I had no idea. And I still don't really know. I'm just winging it. We're all just winging it. Um, and there's a, it, it, there's such, you know, I wish, I so badly wish that there were like, here's how to navigate the insurance system. Like, here's how you can guarantee <laughs> that you're going to get your kid their piece of medical equipment. Like, I so badly wish that there was, like, just this handbook for all of these things, and there's not. And it's very, very scary when you're faced with the reality, like, your kid might not get the things that they need. How am I going to do this? Because this is now yeah. on me. So we're not faulting yeah. anyone for throwing it out there and, like, and like oversharing. We're not. But no, no, not are, at all. Yeah, but we are saying <laughs> it's, you know, there are, are two sides of the story. There's your kid's side of the story and there's your side of the story. And your side of the story can be shared without sharing your kid's side. And I know that sounds exactly. really complicated. And like, we're going to get into that and we're going to talk about that. Yes. Um, and I know that we've like <laughs> mentioned before that, you know, we want to have a guest on who has like, you know, a good social media following and like she does it in such a way that, you know, and if we didn't know her personally, you and I wouldn't know anything about her kids' health information. Um, I, I know you would you would even yeah. said that like verbatim. <laughs> and it's like it's very true. I would yeah. have no idea um a- about like the health status of her kids. And um she just does it really right. And I think that there's a really right way that you can do it where you're still sharing your side because nobody wants to silence the parents or the caregivers. Yeah. And you can share your side and you can still respect your kids' 
medical information. <laughs> there are ways to do it, you know, and there's going to be there's going to be a lot of discussion about this and, and we're really going to get we're going to do a deep dive into yeah. this on our next episode. Um, and, you know, I think I think we'll come up with hopefully some good insights. <laughs> and I'm hoping also in this journey, even you and I learn some things because, you know, it's really about just educating and, and getting it out there. So I'm super excited for, for our next episode. Well, uh, to be fair, the next episode is going to start the topic yes. <laughs> in regards to privacy and autonomy on social media. It's actually going to carry over to a couple episodes and a few different guests. It, it'll, it'll be a special treat for yeah. you guys. We're going to get a, a bunch of different angles on this. We're just super excited to get started here. Yeah. And we're really excited to have everyone along on the journey with us. If you are a listener and you have some topics that you want us to discuss and touch on, please be sure to reach out and let us know if anyone thinks that, you know, they would be a great guest on here. We're always open to hearing from others who may want to be a guest on the podcast. So you can follow us. Um, we're on Instagram at Pitching and Bolusing. You can always reach out to us there and keep an eye out for future episodes. We will be posting bi-weekly and we will let everybody know on social media when our next episode's ready to launch. Yeah, and um, we'll throw our, our Instagram handles up with this episode, but I've been so grateful, and I'm going to tell my little story about Brittany's Instagram handle, because it's, it's really a funny journey. She's actually little Thug Muffin, like L-I-L, Thug Muffin, but for the longest damn time, I could have sworn it was little T-Hug Muffin. And I've heard that. I've heard that before. But it's not, guys, okay? So don't listen to me. It is if you want it to be. That's okay. (laughs) We'll obviously be posting on our personal um, pages as well, um, but it'll get out there and it'll do its rounds. So feel free to reach out. We definitely want to hear your suggestions, your ideas. We want your feedback too. Listen, we are busy mamas. We're not going to be able to answer everybody. Don't come at me with that expectation. Yeah, no. <laughs> Just walk out I, the door right now. I can barely pee. So, like, I think I, like, yeah, wake I, up I mean, and I go until, two, you know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, I have not peed yet. So I'm certainly not scouring all of yeah. my messages. <laughs> no. But know that we are looking at everything. We are sifting through it. We're, we, we always take a peek. You know, I'm always there. I do read, even on my personal page, I read everybody's messages. Yeah. I do. My lack of response is not because I don't have a response for you. It's it's honestly just because this life is very overwhelming. So we have anxiety. Just bear guys. with us. We are just anxious. seriously some seriously some serious anxiety. Um, but yeah, guys. I mean, listen, we're we're putting this episode out. We're the the hope is every couple of weeks, so every two weeks we'll be popping up at an episode for you. Um, so just stay tuned. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bitching and Bolusing podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bitching and Bolusing, and like and subscribe for future episodes.